0: This week's message, given by Pastor Stephen Yoon at the Second United Methodist Church, March 14, 2021. The message is Serve, here I am, Lord, send me, based on Micah 6 8 and Matthew 25 37 to 40. It's good to be with you this morning. Would you join me as I pray? Loving, gracious God, we give you thanks and praise for. This beautiful day we thank you for all the signs of spring that we see in nature oh God we also thank you for your grace and mercy and presence in our lives help us understand your word help us feel your presence as we listen we pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ Amen. following graduation from his college, 23-year-old young man named Andrew came up with a plan to leave his mother's home in suburban Philadelphia and walk until he spent all his money or hit the Pacific Ocean, whichever came first. He began traveling west with the bare minimum for shelter, carrying a backpack, a voice recorder, and a sign that reads, walking to listen he walked and walked with a vague idea that his trip would be like a graduate program in the human experience and he would talk interview people he would encounter along the way later he wrote a memoir based on this adventure the title of the book is walking to listen what a fascinating title friends isn't it what we are called to do as christians as well we are on the journey that walks the walk to listen to God. Last Sunday we talked about how our Christian discipleship is a journey of walking to listen. As we continue our lantern worship series entitled The Walk, we are revisiting the five essential practices of the Christian life. The first Sunday, remember we talked about worship as a living hallelujah. Last week we talked about study as an act of listening and paying attention. What happens to us as we continue to listen and pay attention to the voice of God is that we come to better understand the heart of God. What exactly God expects of us and how God wants us to serve Him. Reading, p- praying and meditating on the scripture shows us the heart of God through the life of Christ. And God has made the way for us to know His heart in a deeper and more transformative ways that we can know our family and our best friend. How is this possible? It is possible through the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit, God Himself, dwells within you and longs to reveal the deep things of God. With the guidance of the Holy Spirit, we are walking to listen. Following the steps Jesus took as a faithful servant of God, we are also walking to serve. This morning, I want to invite each of you to discern God's heart for your practice of serving and examine what kind of servant you are at this point and how you are currently serving God and what God is calling you to serve. I read a story about a man named Orville Kelly. When he was in his early 40s, he was diagnosed with melanin tumor. Kind of cancer that doesn't respond to radiation, chemotherapy, and even surgery. His doctor told him that, you know, he got only uh, six months, maybe 36 months at most, but no more. When his friend heard the news, they didn't know what to say, so they avoided him. Even his wife didn't want to talk about it; just didn't want to think about it. His children. You know, they're not told about what happened. One day he said to his wife, honey, we've got to talk. I'm not dead yet. I've got cancer, and yes, I will probably die from it. But I'm not dead yet, and we're just going to talk. So they did, honestly, openly, and loving me. And then he said, let's have a big barbecue. invite all of our friends over and start living again. I don't want to waste any more time. A few weeks after the barbecue, Orville told his wife, I'm not going to get up in the morning anymore thinking this is one day last to live. Rather, I'm going to take on a new attitude. I'm going to thank God every day for the gift of that day. And and he decided to form a club called MTS, which stands for Make Today Count. Later it became a national self-help organization for cancer patients. About 3,500 members of Make Today Count meet in 70 chapters once or twice a month to discuss the problems that accompany life-threatening illness like cancer. He said, After all, everyone is terminal. I simply know that my time has been more clearly determined. None of us know for sure when we are going to die. So I'm going to see every day as a special, gracious gift from God and I'm going to make every day count for something wonderful. Friends, as Christians, we believe we are not just random beings. We are created for something wonderful, something greater than us. Our Lord Jesus demonstrated us the truth by His life and teaching and He said, the Son of Man came to serve, not to be served. Friends, we are created to serve God no matter where we are at our life journey. Whether you're young, or old, rich, poor, busy or not busy, Each of us has a mission to accomplish as a servant of God, and we are meant to serve God by participating in God's work. And The work of God is manifest through the movement of our hands and feet and and the sweat of our brow. In the Gospel of Matthew 25, Jesus helps us understand how serving God and serving others are closely related. He says, Whichever you did for one of the list of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Jesus' teaching makes it clear that our Christian discipleship is a journey of walking to serve God by serving others. Then where are you in this journey, friends? I want to put out this question for you this morning as we think about this third essential practice of Christian life. Where are you in this journey? Where is God leading you to grow in the practice of serving? Nowadays, we are often asked to participate in customer satisfaction survey and evaluate service quality, whether it's healthcare, finance, or utility. In fact, service quality is an abstract and subject um, concept, which is difficult to define and measure. but we have our own criteria and perception of the service quality we experience, depending on how you were treated and how service agent addresses your needs. Now think of yourself as a service agent in God's kingdom business. What would be the criteria to assess yourself as a servant of God? Through the prop in Micah from the 8th century BCE in Judah's southern kingdom, God gives us threefold principles that we need to consider as we examine our practice of serving. When the prophecy of Micah was given, it's clear that the people of Israel were dealing with adverse life circumstances. Their lives were not in a good shape. The Assyrian Empire threatened the very survival of their nation. It endangered the very core of Israel's existence. We know crisis moments often provokes the question of identity. People started asking what exactly it would mean to be God's people and what kind of God they serve and what exactly God expects of them. This prophetic book of Micah is kind of a response to these questions, and this theological response is well summarized in a threefold injunction that we are all familiar with. Act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. So if we create a survey out of these three principles, the question number one would be are you acting justly as you serve the Lord by serving others? Are you acting justly? And I invite you to answer this question yourself. In the beginning of Micah chapter 6, God says, take your stand in court. If you have a complaint, tell the mountains, make your case to the hills and now mountain, hear God's case. Listen, you firm foundations of the earth, for I am bringing charges against my people. I am building a case against Israel, says the Lord. You know, in the scripture, mountains and hills and nature are the ones that remind people of God's glory and magnificence. Last week we talked about nature as part of general revelation from God. As God's handiwork, they reflect the qualities of the Creator, help us understand who God is. But interestingly, nature here is someone to witness against the people. Everything around them, not only people, but hills, mountains, and trees, even the ground they walk are witnesses to who they are, what kind of lives they're living before God. Why is God doing this? You know, God calls the mountain to be a witness who would confirm the people's guilt because it was in the high places that the people of Israel had built pagan altars and worship idols. God summons the foundation of the earth to serve as a witness against the people because it is on the earth that the people fail to serve God in the way that is pleasing to God. You know, they confuse the forms of worship with faithfulness to God. Of course, the legal courtroom imagery is a metaphor that addresses the relationship between God and Israel. It suggests that God wasn't really satisfied. God wasn't happy with the service of Israel. The people of Israel didn't understand what God really expected of them. They, they offered the sacrifice, the vast quality lambs and bulls, as a service of worship but the service of justice the act of justice toward the poor the marginalized was lacking and missing in their lives they didn't see that the service of worship and the service of justice and mercy are not to separate matters from God's eyes it's just like two two sides of the one coin have you ever experienced a service agent who are extremely nice and kind during the conversation but then doesn't do what he or she promised to do after the call. You know, you have to go through a long wait again to dress your need. We all know how frustrating and disappointing it can be. Many prophets in the Old Testament emphasize over and over again that's exactly how our God would feel when His people fail to act justly and neglect the work of justice and mercy. People were coming to God with gifts and offering songs and prayers but they were neglecting the matters of justice and mercy. In Isaiah chapter 1, God says stop bringing worthless offerings. Your incense repurses me. You know this doesn't mean to deny the importance of public worship and the importance of offering God our gifts means that their public worship repurchase God because their public injustice goes unrepented and unrepaired. The ancient prophet places the question on the lips of the people with what shall I come before the Lord? While they answer in one direction and reveal their misguided understanding of relationship with God that question is still the heart of the matter. What does God require of His people. What exactly is it that God wants from us? Last month as we engaged in sermon series, The Way of the Wisdom, we read and studied the book of Proverbs. Marina Ergo, one of our church family, copied the whole book and sent me a few pages via email. One of the pages uh, she wrote included Proverbs 31, which is a teaching of King Ramuel. It includes the following words, Speak out on behalf of the voiceless and for the rights of all who are vulnerable. Speak out in order to judge with righteousness and defend the needy and the poor. Friends, that's what it means to act justly. And that's what our God wants to see in our practice of service to the Lord. So the survey question number one was, are you acting justly? Now the question number two would be are you loving mercy as you serve the Lord? Are you loving mercy as you serve the Lord? I hear some people saying that they help other people because it's the right thing to do. I agree with that hundred percent. It's the right thing to do. But for those of us who are following Christ it runs deeper. Not only is it the right thing to do it is the thing we love to do because of Jesus. Of course there are times when we are motivated to serve out of obedience you do things because it is the right thing to do because you are supposed to do you do that because you are the chair the leader have you ever done any service or any church ministry out of obedience or out of sense of duty Of course including myself we all we all have been there And there's nothing wrong with serving out of obedience. But there is a deeper level, a deeper reason and motivation for serving than obedience. And that is thankfulness. As we grow in our understanding of God's grace and mercy, we are motivated to serve out of thankfulness. These are the things we do because we are grateful. You don't do it because you ought to do. You do it because you want to. And you do it because you are thankful for what God has given us. Because Jesus first served us, we also serve others as a response. Our service is moved by a sense of gratitude. And as we continue to grow in our service, we are motivated to serve with a deeper motivation. And that is love. You come to serve God and others in love. And this means your act of service is not based on reciprocity. You serve not just because you ought to, you serve not just because you want to return, you serve because you love it, because you, can, you cannot help it. My children do chores in the house. My daughter Emma takes care of the recycles, gathering plastic bottles and containers in the house and put them into a recycle bean. Nathan arranges and takes care of our shoes because we take up shoes when we enter the house. I know most of the time they do it out of obedience, but I know my youngest one, Wesley, does his job with love. His his job is to help me to carry trash cans every Monday. No matter how dark, how cold it is outside, he's willing to join me and do his job with joy. There were times when I tried to do it without him, but he would hear the sound of trash can rolling and ask his mom to open the door, you know, so he could come out. I see him feeling really upset and disappointed when he find out that I did it by myself. I know how much he loves to serve in his role. He does it in love. Whether we bring plastic bags or canned soups for kumak, donate items for social services, serve in our, our ministry roles or volunteer at programs outside of our church, our motivation can vary. But God wants us to experience a deeper level to serving as we take the step of serving in the name of Jesus. God wants us to grow to the point of loving mercy, serving others in love, as Paul writes in Galatians 5.13, serve one another in love. You know, there's no fewer for service than burns longer and brighter than love. It's the power of love in our service. As Christians we are the people who can do ordinary things in extraordinary love no matter how little how small the work might look we are called to grow into a deeper level serve in great love when we do little things to serve what God counts is not just the greatness of work but the love with which it is performed as a monk brother Lawrence indicated in his book the practice of the presence of God friends How about your service? Are you loving mercy? Are you serving in love? Finally the survey question number three would be are you walking humbly with God as you serve? As we serve others as a way of serving God we are called to walk humbly with God especially when it comes to acting justly and loving mercy it means to do with a mindset of walking alongside our neighbor Walking alongside is more than simply doing something for someone else. It is good to help someone, but it's even better when we can come alongside, building relationship with them, and not only getting to help someone else, but having our own life impacted by that relationship, by that encounter as well. And this is not possible without a genuine sense of humility. This is possible only when we truly humble ourselves and our walk with God and others. This is possible when we realize that we are called to serve others, not just because we are better people, but only because of God's grace. This is possible when we acknowledge our own limits and vulnerabilities and open ourselves to God's power and wisdom to change. This is possible when we slow down and walk alongside those whom we are called to serve and help. Here's the story. Nine children were standing on the track to participate in a running event. Ready, steady, bang. With the sound of toy pistol, all nine girls started running. But one of the small girls slipped and fell down. Due to the injury and pain, she started crying. When the other eight girls heard the little girl cry, and they stopped running and turned back to the girl on the track. They all walked to help her. They bent down and picked her up and lifted her, calming her down. The nine girls joined hands together, walked together toward the winning post. When they finished the race there was a pin drop silence at the spectators stand. Officials were shocked. The spectators stood up in appreciation. Many eyes were filled with tears and the event was conducted by National Institute of Mental Health in India. And I believe these nine children with special needs taught the world what it means to walk alongside one another, as we are called to serve. When I began this sermon, I talked about a young man named Andrew who walked a thousand miles with a sign that reads, Walking to Listen. In his book he writes, Quote, Life is fast, and I have found it is easy to confuse the miraculous for the mundane So I'm slowing down, way down, in order to give my full presence to the extraordinary that infuses each moment and resides in every one of us. This is a profound wisdom that was also shared by Larry in his video. To walk alongside our neighbor, we should slow down and walk humbly with God. Friends, as Christians, we are in a journey of walking to serve. Some of you may find it hard to serve because of your busy schedule or life circumstance. You wish to serve more actively but you feel like your hands are full. and God knows. But there are still little things you can do to serve God by serving others. This morning all of us are faced with a simple call to serve and to say yes to God's invitation to grow in serving. If you notice any changes in the way you served God over the past year or if you had to give up, let go, stop practicing along the way. Which practice of service is God nudging and prompting you to restore and get back to? What are some, some of the new ways or new routine of service God is reading you to serve at this time? In his book, The Walt Adam Hamilton, poses an interesting question. How would our communities change if everyone in our church started each day on their knees, saying, Here I am, Lord, send me, do with me whatever you want. When you take the step of serving God by serving others, God will take this journey of service with you and will guide you to his mission field where you can make a difference in the lives of others as well as your own. You know, it's hard to fully understand the difference your act of serving will make until you experience and taste its fruit, just like hiking as you heard from Larry's story. When you serve others, when you give yourself to help those in need, you will find yourself filled with a sense of joy and peace from God because you just did it to the Lord. Mother Teresa used to give visitors her business card on which it is written, The fruit of prayer is faith, the fruit of faith is love, the fruit of love is service. The fruit of service is peace. Friends, it's hard to describe what happens, but it's real. When you do something in service to God and others, you will be blessed by overflowing peace from above. During this season of Lent, I pray each of you continue to grow in a spiritual practice of service that will take you closer to the heart of God. I pray that you turn your everyday lives into God's mission field by acting justly, loving mercy, and walking humbly with God. And your neighbor as you continue say yes to God's calling saying here I am Lord send me may each of you be called by God with this honorable title well done good and faithful servant amen